want to say thank the Lord for the privilege to be back in the house of God. Thankful for what God did in the service this morning. And I uh, want to continue to pray for the message tonight that God would have his way. First Samuel chapter 17. And I uh, want to pick up here tonight, read a few verses of scripture in the early part of this chapter, and then bring the message God has laid on our heart. First Samuel 17 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shokah, and which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokah and Azekah and Ephes Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Notice verse number 3. The Bible says, And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the word of God. I want to thank you for the good songs that's been sung. <clears throat> pray now that you'll give us liberty. Help us to be obedient to you tonight. Speak to our heart in a personal manner. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number 3 here in just a moment. But I want to preach on this subject tonight where the Bible says in verse number 3, and there was a valley between them. And I want to preach on this subject on whose side of the valley are you on? Whose side of the valley are you on? What I see in the early verses of this text tonight in verse number 1 is that there is two armies. The Bible said in verse number 1 that the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokah. And then in verse number uh, 2, the Bible says, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. And so there's two armies here. There is the army of the Philistines and there's the army of the Israelites. And not only is there two armies, but in verse number 1 and verse number 2, the Bible defines that there's two separate areas that we find in verse number 1 that the Philistines are on one side. And then we find in verse number 2 that the Israelites are on the other side. So uh, we find that they did not set their battle in the exact same place. They were in different areas. And I want to say that the Word of God is always drawing a distinction uh, between the world and between the people of God. And so we find here two different armies and two different areas. But then there's also two different agendas. The Word of God said in verse 17 that the Philistines noticed this gathered their armies to battle and were gathered together. And then the Bible said in verse number 2 that uh, the Bible said in verse the latter part of verse number 2 that they set their battle in array against the Philistines. You say, well now Brother Gravely, I don't see two different agendas there. Well, what we see in verse number 1 is that it was the Philistines, Brother Ronnie, that came out and they are standing or rather they're coming against the people of God. And it's the people of God that have set their battle in array. In other words, they're there for one purpose in mind, and that's to defend the territory that belongs to them. And can I tell you tonight, you don't have to worry about going out and starting a fight with the world. The world will come to you. Amen? In other words, you don't have to go out there and try to fight them. We're not supposed to fight them. We're supposed to preach the gospel to them. Isn't that right? But many times in this uh, in this society in this hour that we're living in where that we're preaching the gospel and we're trying to win souls, we find that just like in these early verses here, we find ourselves in a war 
warfare. We find ourselves in a battle against the world itself. In other words, the world isn't just going to roll over, Brother Jack, and let us give the gospel without there being a battle. The devil's not just going to sit down and let a church march on and preach for the glory of God and there not be a fight somewhere. I'm telling you, if you stand for what's right, if you do what's right, and if you preach the book, you better hunker down and get ready. There's going to be a battle that's going to be a raging. And the reason for this is because the world has a different agenda than what you and I have tonight. And so I see these armies. I, I see these different areas. I, I see these agendas. But I notice in the last part of verse number three that there's a valley that's between them. And this valley of Elah is very important tonight. You say, well, preacher, what could this valley have to do with 2016 and where I live tonight? I want to tell you this valley is very important because, number one, it's a low place in this, in this battleground that we see here. You see, they're not going to fight on the hillside that the Philistines are on, and they're not going to fight on the hillside that the Israelites are on. They're going to fight right down in this valley. This valley, this low place, it represents something. You say, what does it represent? It represents the world tonight. The world is that low place between heaven and between hell, between God and between Satan, between good and evil. There's this low place, this valley that David called it in Psalms 23. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a low land today. And this valley is the battleground between good and evil. Not only is it a low place, but I want you to note this tonight. It's a dividing line because the Bible says in verse number three that the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and the Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them. This valley separated these two armies. This valley separated these two sides and it represented a line of distinction. Uh, we're living in a time when people want to erase the lines and they want to do away with boundaries. But I'm going to tell you, there's always been lines in the Word of God. There's always been boundaries, even in the Garden of Eden in a perfect day and in a perfect age. God put man in the midst of that garden. And you know what God did in that garden? He gave Adam free rule and authority over all the, the animals. He gave him dominion and over everything and said, Adam, this whole garden, this whole paradise is yours. But then he drew a line, a circle around a tree. And he said, not that tree, Adam. You can have the whole garden. Just don't eat that tree. Isn't that the way man is? He wants the one thing that God said you can't have. He gave him a perfect body, gave him a perfect bride, put him in a perfect garden and said, it's all yours, enjoy. I'll walk with you in the cool of the day. Man was a free moral agent to enjoy the blessings of God and the goodness of God and along came the devil to try to erase that line. That's what the devil does tonight, folks. Young people, the devil doesn't want boundaries in your home. 
He doesn't want he, he wants he doesn't want you to have parents that has any convictions, any standards. Uh, you ought to thank God for parents that'll draw some circles around some things and say, "Don't go there." They'll draw some lines and say, "Don't go there." And I'll take it a step further. And I'm not talking about me, but you ought to thank God you go to a church uh, where there's some lines that's been drawn uh, and there's some circles that's been made and there's some things that's been highlighted. I'm telling you, it's important these lines. We can't afford to do away with them tonight. I know that we hear it preached much, but there's an attack within and without the church uh, to erase the, the lines and do away with the boundaries. But I want to say so, some things tonight concerning this valley. It was a separating point between these two armies. And here's what it determined. Number one tonight, I want to say that this valley determined who you serve. You see, tonight on one side of this valley, you've got the Philistines. The Philistines would serve many gods, mainly being Dagon, and they would serve that god primarily, but if you was a Philistine, you could serve any gods you wanted to serve. You could live any way you wanted to live. You could do anything you wanted to do. You could be anything you wanted to be. Doesn't that sound like the world tonight? The world is full of many gods uh, where you can live as you please. You can do as you will. You can be what you want to be. And my friend, if you're on this side of the valley, then you're serving with a Philistine you can serve any God that you want to serve but on the other side of that valley the Bible says there is another side and on the other side brother Chris uh, on this side uh, there's not a lot of gods to serve there's just one God if you're on this side you're serving Jehovah if you're on this side you're for the right uh, you're for the good uh, if you're on this side there isn't no multiple gods uh, but you're serving the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob Hey, there's no uh, confusion, but there's clarity on this side. You see, tonight, I think a lot of people sitting in church needs to make up their mind who they're going to serve in this life. Oh, but preacher, I'm saved and I go to church and I've got a King James Bible. I would say what Joshua said in Joshua 24. He looked at a crowd that said they were saved too and they had fought many battles for God. But the day came when Joshua looked at them and said, now it's time for each one of us to choose for ourselves." And he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But old Joshua drew a line in the sand. He said, but as for me and for my house, well, I like that, don't you? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'll tell you, I made my mind up growing up in a drunkard's home. I'm telling you, when God saved me, I'm telling you, I've never touched alcohol, but when God saved me, listen, I've seen the effects of it in my life. And I remember Brother Jack as a teenager. I loved my mom and dad, but I didn't want that kind of a life. I didn't want to have to go through the hell that I had to go through as a young person. And I can remember getting in my bedroom a lot of times as a teenager saying, oh God, save my daddy and save my my mama, but Lord, when I turn 18 and when it comes time for me to step out, Lord, would you give me a Christian home? And brother, I'm telling you, I walked down the aisle a virgin. My wife walked down the aisle a virgin. We held hands at the altar and we made a covenant before God and before man that we would serve God all the days of our life. 
I'm telling you, here we are 23 years later, still serving Jesus. I've got a lot of mistakes, Brother Chris. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'm telling you, we're still serving the same God today that we started out serving then. Brother Laddie, you're still serving the same God today that you and Miss Thelma started out then. And by the grace of God, I want to keep on keeping on, don't you? The best thing that ever happened to me was the day that I fell in love with Jesus and started serving him tonight. I don't have no regrets of being saved. Y'all with me tonight? I don't have no regrets of going to an old-fashioned church, amen. I don't have no regrets of sitting under some old-time black back, leather lung, uh, forked lightning preaching. Uh, I don't got no regrets of being in a church uh, where people shout and run the aisle uh, and where they wave their hand like they did this morning. Uh, I don't got no regrets uh, where they sing them old songs as high. Uh, I don't got no regrets. Uh, oh, the best thing that ever happened to me and you was the day that we met Jesus Christ, amen. And I don't want to go back to the world. Brother Terry, I burned my bridges tonight. And there's nothing to go back to. I'm telling you, look where you're at today. Isn't it better, Brother Mike, on this side serving Jesus than it was before you met the Lord. I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade places with the world tonight. I don't want their gods. Their gods are dead. I don't want their life. They can have their Hollywood lifestyle. Hey, they can have their fortune. They can have their fame. They can have their name. Just give me Jesus. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus as silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus as riches untold. It's the best life serving him tonight. If I could warn anybody in this building or encourage anybody in this building, it would be get on the right side. Young people, hear me tonight. Don't be satisfied at just going to church. Serve God. Serve him. Give your life to him. Live for him. Give everything you got. Put it on the altar. Get way up on the top of that hill on the other side and serve him. I'm telling you, there's a line between God and the world tonight, and I don't want to get close to it. I want to get as far away from it as I can. I want to serve him. Hallelujah. It determines who you serve. Secondly, I want you to notice tonight it determines where you stand. The Bible said in verse number three, and the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side. And Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. You see, tonight, you're going to have to stand somewhere. We live in a day when people don't want to take a stand. But you've got to be on one side tonight. There's no wide way. If that altar wasn't, if it was locked down, I'd walk on it. But I'm not, I'm not never going to take that chance no more. I used to. But I'm telling you, listen. I wouldn't tonight. You can't walk down the center line. You've got to be on one side or the other. I'm telling you what has, listen, God, our church is in trouble today. It's because that everybody just wants to be on one side and you can't. You can't be on God's side in the world. You know, I read a statistic this week that said Christianity in America dropped 41% in the last five years, 41%. And they said the reason that Christianity has dropped so much is because, and this is not a Christian magazine, is because the reason it has dropped 41% in the last five years is because of Christians doing non-Christian things. 
Is that not a sad commentary tonight? When the world can look at us and say, I don't want anything to do with your God and your religion because of the things that you're doing. You see, the world knows one thing tonight, folks. If they don't know anything else, they know whose side they're on. They're not on God's side. That's why they make fun of God and, and they make fun of Jesus Christ and that's why they mock the Bible and, and they mock religion because they're not on God's side. They don't want to be on God's side. They're not trying to be on God's side. The problem is not the world tonight. The world is doing the very thing that the only thing they know to do. They're doing exactly what the Bible said they would do. The problem is not with the world. The problem is with too many people sitting in our pews uh, that wants a little bit of religion and they want a little bit of the world and they want to mix it all together and as if everything's okay. Hey, the world said we're not on your side. You got to make your mind up where you're going to stand and if you're going to stand for God, then you need to stand tall and you need to stand strong for God in these days. I don't think there's nothing wrong with being vocal about where you stand. I don't think you ought to go on Facebook and be an idiot about it. Somebody say, I probably shouldn't have said idiot, forgive me. Then I just said it twice. But I, I, I'm, I'm not getting on Facebook tonight and, 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 and labeling everything that I, I can't stand when people do that. But I'm going to tell you, there's convictions and there's principles that I'm not backing up on tonight. I'm not changing. By the grace of God, Brother George, I, I have hoed this row not as long as some, but I've hoed it long enough that I'm not turning back. Uh, whether it is sunshine or whether it's shadows, uh, uh, whether it makes people happy or makes them sad, I'm telling you, there are just some things uh, we cannot afford to apologize about. There are just some things we can't give in on. There are just some things, uh, come hell or high water, sink or swim, we got to stand. It's the side that we're on, and I believe the world is crying out for somebody to stand. Where do you stand tonight on the King James Bible? Where do you stand tonight on the blood? Where do you stand tonight on the whosoever will gospel? Where do you stand tonight when it comes to modesty and doing right and living right? Where do you stand when it comes to music tonight? Amen. You see how quiet it's getting right now? Where do you, there's a day when people would shout you down. Now, as long as you're preaching salvation and second coming, it's okay. But when you start cataloging things, uh, it gets quiet in the house of God. Hey, where do we stand tonight on being a Baptist? Uh, where do we stand on the church tonight? Uh, where do we stand uh, on our articles and doctrines of faith? Uh, brother, we have to take a stand. And uh, as the old saying is, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening in this world today this line decided it determined where you stand it didn't matter how close you got to the line if you were on the Philistine side it didn't matter you could walk all the way down to it brother David but you were still on their side amen those Israelites were still going to cut your head off because you're standing on the Wrong side. This line determined who you served. It determined where you, where you stood. But then I want you to notice something else in this text tonight. Not only does it determine that, but it also determines 
what you see. The Bible said they stood on a mountain. If you were on the Philistine side and you looked over at the across the valley of Elah there and you looked at where the Saul and his army was, you saw one thing. If you was on the other side and you looked across, you saw something else. What you see determines where you stand. And I'm telling you, if you were on Israel's side and you looked over there, you saw a bunch of Philistines. You, you saw the enemies of God. You saw those that wanted to do away with what was right. They wanted to do away with Jehovah, with the people of God. That's what you saw if you're standing on this side. If you're on that side, you saw God as the enemy. You know what's sad about this tonight? I have seen people in church that when they get away from God, God becomes the enemy. The preacher that they once loved, all of a sudden they don't love him no more. The church that they once praised, all of a sudden they go out and talk about the church. Now I know that don't happen at Bible Baptist. Boy, it happens all in other places. Somebody gets mad at something the preacher preached on. They loved him last Sunday, but they don't like what he preached this Sunday. And they'll say, what, what, what do you think about what Brother Gravely said Sunday? You, what do you think he meant? I meant what I said. Amen. I meant what this says. I'm telling you, isn't that the way it is? You say, well, what's happened to them? I'm going to tell you what's happened. At one time, they were standing on this side. At one time, they, they was looking across at the world and said, I want nothing to do with him. Oh, I'm so happy to be with the people of God. This is the best church in the world. I love the preaching. I love the singing. I love what, what God is doing. But little by little, I'm telling you, as time goes by, they're getting closer down to that line. And little by little, they're inching over, Brother Danny, and little by little, they're starting to see things a little bit different. And they're looking this way. And then they're looking back this way. And before you know it, one day, they've done crossed that line. And they've got over on the other side. And now what who used to be the enemy has now become their friend. And they're looking back at the, at the people of God. They're looking back at what God had once done for them. And all of a sudden, he's become the enemy in their life. There's no reflection on anybody back there, I don't think. But I've seen it too many times in church. I've watched them start right here and wind up right back there. And that's no reflection on them people back there tonight. But I've seen it too many times. Have y'all ever seen that happen in church? They're inching their way back there to that line wanting to get closer and closer. And all of a sudden, things have changed. This line, my friend, it determines what you see. And then I want to close with this thought tonight as they come and get us a song ready. <clears throat> this line determines which side you're on. The Bible says that the Philistines stood on the one side and Israel stood on the other side. Hey, look at me for just a moment. Do you know what? I remember the day when I used to be on the one side. Brother David, I remember that day. Lost without God. I was on the Philistine side. I was in this army. Didn't know the God 
of Jehovah. Didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is on this side with the world, marching right along toward a pathway to hell. But one day, thank God David come down in that valley. David, that type of Christ, the anointing of God, I'm going to tell you, he took that sword and he cut Goliath, the devil's head off, amen. And I'm not on this side no more. You say, what happened? I surrendered, amen. And now I'm on the other side, Brother Lamar. I'm on the right side, thank God. The right side of Calvary. Aren't you glad you're not on the one side no more? I'm on the other side. Hey, things look better on the other side. Life seems better on the other side. It's better serving him on the other side. Thank God. I'm glad I'm on the other side tonight. Amen. I know whose side I'm on. I don't ever want to go back there. As we stand tonight, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Whose side are you on? Which side of this valley are you on tonight? You might be here tonight and be lost. You need to get saved. You may be here tonight and say, well, at one time, I tell you, I stood on the right side. But I traded in my sword. Get back on the right side tonight. Whose side are you on? If you're on God's side, then stand up for Jesus. If you're on his side, do right tonight. If you're on his side, tell that contemporary crowd and everybody else goodbye. And don't make no bones about it tonight. If you're on the side that's right, stand for truth. Hold your head up and serve God. If it's not a day, It's not a day to roll over and give in. It's time to stand up for God and do what we can while we can. Be the witness. Be the example. Be be something the world can look at and say, you know, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. Take a stand. Others may leave and others may quit. But you be faithful to God while we sing this verse tonight. If you need to come, would you come?